0: How are you, Pete? I'm very well, Les.
1: Happy Valentine's Day to you. Uh, (laughs) Last night, we're going to get into the the pitch or what have you, but there's something I want to bring up with you first. Indian school kid scores 1,009 not out in an innings. He hit 129 fours and 59 sixes, Pete. Um, Wow. They were chasing a total of 31. And (laughs) his team, and he had two teammates that scored uh, one scored 173 and the other one scored 137. And then they declared when he got there a thousand runs, overkill.
2: Yeah, I mean, you only get those sorts of results in India, though, don't you? It's they'd keep playing cricket as long as the lights were on. Maybe that's what they were playing. Yeah, staggering. (laughs) Well, he's I'm not sure what to say. I didn't research that game
1: he's a wicket-keeper batsman there as well and i was thinking the only one i can remember is a um a bloke from down our way in Hawke's Bay was i remember Craig Finlay playing against some school kids and racking up 2 or 300 on them but i i mean what's the biggest innings you remember from your from your school days cuz these are this is like an under 16s tournament in mumbai schoolboy cricket dude who was the big run scorer that would have been you wouldn't
2: it oh shit no i was too far down the batting order um no it was we was never allowed to do that in new zealand uh, Craig Finlay was probably the only person who would be a bully and beat a side up by that. But so often in New Zealand, we, we kind of say, oh, look, you've had your turn. It's time for someone else's go. Uh, Dirty yeah, Dirty pool. Yeah.
1: <laughs> anyway, so England won the toss last night, put us into bat. I thought to myself that was always the decision that was going to happen, considering with the no one really knowing how that pitch was going to play. I mean, was, was there any surprise at all that, that we batted first once they'd won for you?
2: No, I think whoever won that toss was going to be a little bit shy of what was going to happen on that surface. Uh, but I don't think that's a bad thing in t you know, We've seen a bit of a pattern where the side batting um, second tends to do better than the other side, but we've also seen a pattern where the, the local side normally does better than the visitor. And I think last night um, you know, New Zealand just put in a good performance. It's the reason we keep going back to T20 because as well as New Zealand played, England still had a chance of winning um, You know, right up until the last couple of overs.
0: So, Pete, we looked at that wicket last night, and it didn't look very well. It didn't look good, did it? But it actually played quite well, and you get the best part of 400 runs in a T20 game. It's hard to complain. But is there an issue where the captains could look at that wicket and go, my God, we've got absolutely no idea, therefore it's actually not good practice from the groundsman to produce a wicket like that?
2: Well, I mean, it's just another great example of why every professional cricket team needs a photographer taking photos of the pitches, isn't it? But we spoke about it last week, about um, you can't judge a pitch by its cover, and uh, there was nothing wrong with that surface, really. I, there were a few balls early on which you felt gripped a little bit, um, and if New Zealand hadn't been batting as well as they had, could have um, you know scared the horses a little bit and, and would have put some doubts in the New Zealand batsmen that were coming in, but Williamson and Guptill played so well on the surface that it almost um, meant that it didn't matter who came after that. No one was going to be afraid of the wicket.
0: So Kane Williamson was a little scratchy to get going, probably should have been run out without scoring, but then settled into his match-winning, or match man-of-the-match performance, 72 from 46 balls, and was so good at picking gaps all around the park, Pete. Was that the classic Williamson T20 performance, and what did you think of the way he approached the task?
2: Yeah, it was classical. Kane, not known for his um, running between the wicket. Him and Ross Taylor have just been involved in so many running between the wicket mistakes. Um, but, you know, fortunately for New Zealand, um, you know, that run-out was missed first ball. Oh there was God. two awkward, awkward interviews, wasn't there? Simon Doll at the toss and then Simon Dole at the man in the match um, with Kane Williamson. It made for some, yeah, some awkward pauses, but maybe that was the motivation that Kane needed because he batted exceptionally and hand. Once he got going, he showed us that he's just so talented. He does have shots all around the wicket.
1: I, I thought the Guptals was pretty awkward too. It's, it's like they'd never met before. Uh, which I found really odd
2: uh, after the game. It's, we... it's like a, yeah, it's like a fog up the way. It's like, <laughs> you can imagine, it's, it's like how you think Susie Caddo would talk at home. You're not <laughs> sure whether that's, like, whether that's just a TV boy. Yeah. You, you know that Martin Gupta doesn't talk like that when he's doing the dishes. Well, what mate, next, a Vanilla
1: the Barfield reference? Maybe that will. Hey, you just did. I'm I'm the present for that. I'll tell you that. Um, let's, but look, let's get into it. So the new guys that came along uh, into the team, so Chapman and Seifert, Uh We had a, a message in this morning. Actually, I thought I'll just chuck it at you because it's better the question that I that I that I would have thought up. Seifert looked good with bat, but quite average with the gloves, is what Mike said. What did you make of of um, Seifert's performance last night?
2: Yeah, it was, I mean, understandable. It was a little bit nervous on both fronts. Um, you know, you never want to play and miss at two deliveries, uh, which he did in the final over, possibly three, I think, um, swing and misses in the final over. But he, he got away with it because he hit two sixes in between those those two or three swings and misses. So... Um, some things to work on there, but we have to remember he's been opening batting all season. Um, so, you know, it's more a mindset thing. That, um, it was a lot a long way down the order, but uh, really when it came out, to it, he just had to come out and hit the ball clean. Um, and with the gloves, yeah, a few scrappy ones, um, you know, a couple of difficult takes. Uh, in T20, we worked out um, when I was playing that you only actually catch about 15 or 20 balls that come straight through to you during the game because the batsman's obviously trying to hit every single delivery that comes through and I guess that's maybe why when you do fumble a couple of those, those errors stand out because there's only 15 or 20 of them that actually come straight through to you whereas if that was a test match and he fumbled two balls over the course of the day in a test match no one would really notice and say he went quite well so that's why the a wicketkeeper you want to be I don't know whether no one noticed but it wouldn't surprise me if Josh, but- Josh Butler's not playing in the next game because he looked like he probably broke a thumb uh, when he was wicketkeeping and he also looked quite scrappy with the gloves um, so, you know, if we're going to have a crack at Tim, um, we should also put that same lens over Joss, um, T20s like that. It's, it's pretty intense.
1: Ah, I hadn't considered that because there was, there was a couple of balls in a row there from David, uh, da- David Malan, who it was very obvious, yeah, it, was, it was very obvious that, that he'd premeditated a shot because he drags one from way outside off to hit over leg and then there was the one that you remember—the one where he sort of played like that reverse sweep shot in a in a way. I don't know what what particularly that that shot was, but he seemed very much that because I hadn't thought about the coming off at weird angles for you guys there behind the stumps. What about the New Zealand fielding in general, though?
2: Yeah, again, a few um, few mistakes. It's not an easy place. In the same way that the you know the, the fullbacks have trouble catching a high ball with the rugby ball, uh, it's not an easy. Um, stadium to field on either. There was a lot of yellow empty seats in the background which would have put a few people off um, but also it swirls around and we saw you know, obviously Tim Saudi put one down um, and Mitch and T- Tremble almost dropped that one uh, down the far end. So mm-hmm. it's just one of those grounds which is a little bit awkward. It's also a very short square of the wicket so the ball seems to get to you quite quickly. Similar to fielding at Pukakuta Park in New Plymouth where because the boundaries mm-hmm. are so small um, you almost feel like the ball's getting to you faster than it actually is. So it can play some tricks. Look, if they were to make the same mistakes at Eden Park on Friday night, then I'd be concerned. Um, but a uh, one off thing like that, yeah, it didn't cost them the game, luckily, in the end.
0: Did Ish Sodi bowl well last night?
2: He did. It was like dot ball, dot ball six, dot ball, dot ball six. Uh, but Wellington's like that. New Zealand hit 11 sixes. Um, you know, it's just a really small boundary, and um, generally balls go into the stand there, so yeah, he bowled pretty well, but on a small ground like that, um, those were for six. If that same bowling was done at the MCG or one of the big Australian grounds, there probably would have been a few more gaps found or guys caught on the boundary.
0: Hey, always good to talk to you, Pete. Appreciate your thoughts. Thank so you. go well as part of our commentary team on uh, Friday and Sunday.
2: Looking forward to it.